Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back. Got another episode of Beyond Sunday. Pastor Randy, thanks for being here again. You're welcome. Psalm 87. I have a joke for you. No, you don't. I do. I have a joke for you. Do you really? Yeah. What kind of bees drop things? Fumblebees. Yeah, good job. Did I get it? Are you serious? Fumblebees. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's two for... Is that two weeks in a row? It's the same joke two weeks in a row. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought that sounded familiar. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yep. Okay, you don't remember jokes very well. I was watching your wheels turn and I thought, I think he's actually thinking about this again. I was. I thought... You got it two weeks in a row. Okay, two for two. That is a good sign. Yeah. Okay, what's your joke? My Amish mower starts harder every year. <laughs> you have That's to be good. from Lancaster County to know that one. Yeah, most of us are. Um, that was good. I was just thinking about it today because at noontime, I was pushing it. Where are you pushing that thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we were driving past one the other day and some you know Amish girl was out mowing and Chase goes, what is that? I said, mm-hmm. That's a mower. Explained how it worked, and he goes, that sounds hard. Well, if he comes over to my house and mows a little bit. He's going to get it. He's welcome to use it. Okay, cool. (laughs) Nobody's taking me up on it yet. (laughs) I've never used one. Oh, they're incredible. How often do you sharpen the blades? Twice a year. Twice a year. Mm -hmm. Do you do it yourself? Mm -hmm. Take it somewhere. I do. Okay. Just off of E.B. Chickie's Road. Yeah. That first farm on the left. I enjoy sharpening. That guy died. I know. A year ago. I couldn't believe it. I know. Young guy. They still do the sharpening, though. I think. They do my chainsaws. Yeah. The chainsaw blades. Um, okay. Now you guys, you're in the know. <laughs> they are. Okay. Yeah, there you go. That's there more than go. they bargain for. Nacho Sharpening is a sponsor of the Beyond Sunday <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and they don't even know it. Nope. <laughs> we sponsor them, I think. Yes, we do. I do. <laughs> All right. So Psalm 87. Um, first, you said this maybe even a couple of times you said that you wanted to skip this psalm. I did. <laughs> I don't know if I heard a reason why. So why? What was the reason for wanting to skip it? I think everybody's reaction to it confirmed it. Um, anybody that knew that it was coming and read it said, I have no idea what that's about. Oh, I don't okay. have any idea what that's about. And when I read it, my comment to myself was, wow, that's going to be, you know, that's one of those that, relevance is um, is not easy to come by mm-hmm. so it's kind of through the back door and yeah so okay it had its cha- it had it had a few challenges so that's not how it struck me <clears throat> yeah how did it well a lot of these uh so I'll, i will say this a lot of the subtitles that we read above psalms mm-hmm. and other you mm-hmm. know, sections are very helpful yeah this one i i didn't find to be super helpful no um but what caught me was this reference to the city of god mm-hmm. which I don't know, you've probably looked, but I don't know how often that phrase or that those words come together very often. So mm-hmm. to me, that just triggered, rightly or wrongly, heaven, the city of God. And so mm-hmm. I was, my interest was peaked there. Sure. Um, but then, yeah, as far as what to make make of the rest of it, yeah, I didn't think that far yeah. initially. <clears throat> it's interesting, the, uh, the city of God, for instance, um, I, I was, ran out of time completely, but mm-hmm. had hoped that at the very end, 
we would see the the picture in Revelation 21, which talks about this city coming down. So yeah. when you talk about, uh, you know, your thought about the city of God being in heaven, I would say that at the end of the story, at the end of the book, uh, our Bible, you see this city now with, in great detail at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's the place where all of the promises of God are coming true for all eternity for us. So I would have liked to have gotten there. But again, if you're interested if you do, uh, even if you track the word city, uh, just go looking at Revelation 21 and you'll get a great glimpse of our future city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Uh, so anyway, that's kind of immediately where my mind went. Yeah. And maybe we'll get there today. Maybe. <laughs> so a couple of quick translation questions, though. Mm-hmm. One that you mentioned, but mm-hmm. I was curious the reason why behind it. You said mm-hmm. Rahab refers to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I, I, I think I did say on Sunday... Um, you probably looked down and, and just vegged well, out no, on me. I don't know I if I did. It. So Isaiah, you just might need to say things Isaiah. twice. Sometimes I need to hear things have multiple time. times. So, yeah. in, in Isaiah, there's a text. I forget which uh, which Isaiah text, but it's clear uh, that um, that that place is equal to Egypt. Oh yeah, now, yeah could, you did say that, but I, I did. didn't see it there. I mean, did you frankly, go looking? I, yeah, in frankly, I went there and I thought maybe I what? had the wrong. I could have had the wrong reference in Isaiah because I don't memorize them all real well. But there's a, there's a place in Isaiah okay. if you just uh, just track that term. Now, um, in the ancient Near Eastern world, I did not say this, but in the ancient Near Eastern world, this this Hebrew word, which is pronounced short a's, Rahav. Mm-hmm. Rahav was an ancient sea monster that everyone knew that ha- that 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 monster had to be subdued. So it's a terrorizing uh, it's a terrorizing monster in the ancient world as well, which does uh, certainly uh, it's an appropriate description for how Egypt okay. handled. Did you find it? I did, but so this is not Rahab the prostitute. No, okay. no, which is why I said on Sunday. You know, our minds go immediately to the woman. But it's not her. Gotcha. Not in this case. Again, because so, that's is where my where, mind. Went. Where is it in Isaiah? Uh, Which so one? it looks like Isaiah 37. 30, 37. 30, verse 7. 30, verse 7. Okay. Yeah. And maybe you did give the right. I think I was looking yeah, at something else sure. and wasn't tracking. Because there were two Isaiah texts that I had in my mind, and sometimes I get them confused. Yeah. So it says, chapter 30, verse 7 <clears throat> Egypt's help is worthless and empty. Therefore, I have called her Rahab, yeah. who sits still. There you go. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. we go. Mm-hmm. There we go, folks. Now we know Rahab can be a reference to a Rahav mm-hmm. uh, to Egypt. To Egypt. Good. Um, and then the second one, this came up in mm-hmm. uh, like a translation. Sometimes you'll yeah. point out different translation mm-hmm. differences. So in verse 7, uh, ESV reads, singers and dancers. Yeah. I totally, I totally drew a blank on that. Not not drew a blank. I just didn't. I just didn't. You didn't reference it. I didn't. Again, I'm looking at that clock when I when I was in the second point and yeah. it was 20 after. I yeah. thought, oh no. So um, let, let me anticipate what you're saying. Okay. So a lot of the English versions leave out the dancing and will actually read that as some kind of an instrument. So the ESV uh, I have here, uh, verse seven, singers and dancers alike say. So is that where you're going with that? Where you get it's partial credit, is it instrumental, yeah. or what? Is, what is your? What are some of the versions doing? Uh, well, the the person who asked said the KJV translates it players. Yeah, because they're playing instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Gotcha. Yeah, and if you, I don't know how many more you have there. I mean, I have my phone. I can pull up some more, but I've got it, a few it's really not dancers. Uh, those who play the flutes. That, yeah, that's the NASB. Yeah, um, they make music. Those who make music, and yeah. they will sing. There you go. So, uh, but what I was saying at, uh, to the small group on Sunday, uh, Sunday night, this past Sunday night, <clears throat> the the word translated dancers comes from a Hebrew verb meaning to turn around or to twirl. So I, I prefer the dancing to combine the singing and the dancing, which I think is, was a part of the culture then, mm. part of the worship experience. Uh, you can think of King David, for instance, when he was dancing around and his, I think it was his wife at that time, uh, was, was so horrified by, by what she, I think she'd yeah. call like a shameless display mm-hmm. or sh- I'm shameful display. Um, so that's the reason for the translation in my mind, dancing is probably better than an instrumentalist. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Sometimes that's just interesting and yeah. helps fill out the yeah. understanding there. Um, so beyond Sunday question mm. for you, mm-hmm. uh, in that same verse, those singers and dancers, <clears throat> they say, all my springs are in you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you did a nice job, helpful for me to, kind of draw out some of the other places that we, you know, try and drink from. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought of the analogy of like a dirty spring or a contaminated water mm-hmm. source. I like watching these survival shows and these people get out in the wilderness and they're like, oh, it looks clean and clear and it's fresh. So they drink the water and it's certainly refreshing at the moment, but they vomit their <sighs> brains out wow. that night and just looks terrible mm. uh, because you can't, tell but it's contaminated and so i just you know you were drawing out some of these kind of contaminated water sources um uh power um Mm -hmm. people's approval Mm -hmm. uh physical financial comforts things like that that Mm -hmm. they they seem very satisfying and can be in that moment but ultimately they're going to leave us vomiting our brains out yeah that confession in verse seven was one of the is one of the finest places in the Old Testament to, to describe genuine saving faith. Now we don't think in those terms, but I hope I I at least touched on that a little bit. So when you, when we say together, "All my springs are in you," and we're talking to God, we are mm-hmm. saying that He's the source of our lives. And I try to uh, put together a little string of things of what that might mean. But saving faith is is saying this. Mm-hmm. That um, when I say to God, I want to receive life. And that's a way to you know that's a way to talk about conversion, right? I, yeah. God, would you please give me eternal life? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me drink at the springs of living water. I mean, we we all we've a lot of us in in our, in our faith family have heard things like that. This is what we're really saying. We're that that is that is saving faith. That's genuine faith in action. When we say to God, God, please save us. Please give us life. I want to exchange my spiritual death for spiritual life. He becomes the source of my life. And mm-hmm. then the question is, do I live that? And that's the challenge for us every Sunday. We come together and we say, can can we actually legitimately say this confession together? And God is our witness, of course. You know, He hears us and. Yeah, so you say that's a, a great salvation explanation there in the Old Testament because it's a source of life, a source of water. Yeah. And for us, 
open the, the spigot or the tap and, you know, you get water. Mm-hmm. And so for us, water is a given, thankfully. Yeah. But for them, water was a valuable, valuable commodity. Yeah. When you saw the slide, you know, of the young children with the mm-hmm. bottled water, that was my way of trying to convey, look at how important it is to have fresh water like this. Oh, yeah. The reason why I like I like confessions in the Psalms, and this is this is one of the reasons why the Psalms function so well theologically, is that that confession, no one would link that to faith. Like mm-hmm. the average person in church isn't going to read that and go, oh yeah, that's what that's what saving faith is. Mm-hmm. I want to say when you make a confession like that, that's what this is. This is you acting out your faith. Your faith in action is you're counting on God for every element, every element of your life. And for me, that's the challenge, you know, uh, day to day, which, so I don't know where else uh, we're headed with uh, some of your comments, but can I just say, you know, uh, if I, if I had another 15 or so minutes, let's say, not today, but if I had had them on Sunday, one of the things I would have liked to have done is I would have liked to have done a better job saying that this particular song, which talks about us in our final state in the city of God, mm-hmm. all right? So you have to place, uh, you know, put yourself into this prophecy so that you're at the end, uh, you are completely redeemed, you have the redemption of your bodies and all of this, you find yourself in the city of God where, remember, the key element of this was the law of God being taught. That was the reputation that I took you to, and I, I forget, I think that was an Isaiah text, Okay. where I, I took everyone to, to, to look at what was being said about the city. What was being said about the city is we want to get in there because that's where God teaches his law. So what we're saying is in our faith journey now, we are moving in the direction of the time when we will be completely redeemed, which means this fight for faith and, and fighting temptation and sin and being a part of a badly broken world we are going to experience in, 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 this, in this place perfect shalom, perfect wholeness. And uh, we're, we're on that journey now. But um, the, uh, the Sundays together give us an opportunity to assess the degree to which we are saying that confession. Mm-hmm. All my springs are in you, Lord. Well, except a couple of them. Right. You know, I kind of like drinking from a couple of other places, which you described so well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're refreshing at first, but then you get some major gastro issues. Yes. So I, I really, I love the illustration you use. I'm just, I'm just trying to convey what the faith journey is now. We do want to confess, verse 7, but we also know that we're in a fight for, you know, our affections or our thirsts. Mm-hmm. Or for other things, and so we we keep identifying those other things, and we keep turning those over to God. If that makes sense, yeah, no, it does. Um, I'm not, I wasn't sure where you're headed, but yeah, my mind just just went to an illustration. I forget where I read it, but he describes um, loving God as like a top button truth. If you've ever put a button down shirt on, you start in the middle, you yeah. you get down, you're like, oh, dang, God, I started wrong. So you got to yeah. start all over. But if you start at the top. All the other kind of buttons fall in place. That's good. And you just use that to say that if you love God first, that's the top button. Yeah. The other buttons are going to fall into place. That's good. Now, it doesn't mean obviously everything's going to just be peachy keen and go your way. Um, But if we drink from the well, the spring Mm -hmm. of living water, um, at the end of the day, the buttons are going to line up. 
Yeah. And we're going to be in good shape. And one of my spiritually favorite, speaking. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from Jonathan Edwards is when he said, love is the main thing in saving faith. And once again, you know, do we even put those together? But right. he put them together mm-hmm. and he said, no, that is, that is the essence of saving faith is this love for God, which makes mm-hmm. sense. And I don't know whether Edwards was doing this, but when you go back to the great commandment, mm-hmm. you know, the great commandment is you should love the God, uh, love the Lord, your God with all your capacity. Right. Well, so that's, that is, you know, so yeah, I like, that's good. That top button thing. Yeah. So I'm pretty much out of questions here, but mm-hmm. city of God is, mm-hmm. Just to clarify, is that pointing us to heaven? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you do with that. I mean, New Jerusalem. You know, yeah, you could do that. New Jerusalem. You'd want to. You want to track some of these terms later into the into the book of the Revelation, which I think are great. I just I also want to point out, since maybe we're done with any type of question or comments, but uh, the ladies um, ladies Bible study. Michelle was telling me that next week, the ladies' uh, Bible study on Tuesday morning and Tuesday night are going to be in chapter nine of this book, even better than Eden. So they're working their way through this. The subtitle, Nine Ways the Bible Story Changes Everything About Your Story. So uh, right before coming up here, I thought um, I would take a quick look at it. So chapter nine is the story of the city. And uh, somewhere towards, uh, let's see... So just to pick up on what you were saying, mm-hmm. in uh, on page 157, um, yeah, if you're going to that study, uh, remember page 157, actually, it, it does quote Psalm 87. Uh, this will be the city the psalmist sang about. In fact, uh, look for what Psalm 87 has to say about who will inhabit this city. We talked about that on Sunday. Look at the five unlikely characters getting in. They're reborn. They're born again. So just to let you know the story of the city, listen to the headings. So she does a great job tracing the story. The city of Enoch. The city of Babel. The city of Sodom. The city of Jerusalem. She does a nice job tracing that word uh, especially uh, the derivation of it, uh, the last part of it, Salem, that city, mm-hmm. Salem in Abraham's day. She does a great job with Abraham and Melchizedek. And so what you have, of course, is you've got this city of Shalom that I just mentioned a moment ago, the city of Jerusalem. Then she has the city of Babylon, uh, which comes up in the prophets. Then Jerusalem destroyed. So she's tracing uh, the city throughout history, uh, throughout redemptive history, Jerusalem destroyed, Babylon destroyed. In the final chapters of the Bible, again, and then Jonathan, the one you mentioned, the New Jerusalem, is uh, the very last heading. So um, it looks like that's a great, um, it's a great uh, journey through redemptive history in the scriptures with respect to that concept of the city, the place where God dwells with His people. In our case, in the future, he dwells with his people perfectly, and we get the full enjoyment, total satisfaction of being in the presence of God with all the glory that's involved in that. It's going to be so much better than what we're experiencing now, even though there's so much of life that's good Mm -hmm. because of his grace. So that exact phrase, city of God, is only one other place in the Bible. Um, Psalm 46, so get this, mm. there is a river mm. whose streams make yes. glad the city of mm-hmm. God, the holy habitation of the Most High. So, 
Yeah. Rebecca will love this, but all of my commentary friends, they all picked up on the similarities between those two songs. Those two songs. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Good. Well, uh, that's what we have to look forward to. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. And I just say uh, today, look, I, I don't know your circumstances today, but please remember that confession. All my springs are in you. So if you're, you know, if you're in one of those scenarios today, remember that that promise, uh, that promise of God to give you living water is true today in the midst of whatever you're dealing with. So uh, please take it as a promise and he's faithful to deliver. Mm hmm. It's interesting too, Jesus picking up on the the water analogy. Mm. Um, you know, with the woman at the well, and yeah. she's I mean, she's a wreck. Yeah. Um, but he's offering yeah. her eternal. You never life. thirst again, he says. Yeah. And there are so many key moments around water sources in the Bible. It's oh yeah, just really absolutely. A, uh, it's just. Yes. And it just again, just pointing out how different that is for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, can yep. you imagine breaking into the ground and water, finding water in an area like that? It It's like gold, better oh, than gold. Oh and the joy yeah. that it would bring. Oh. The refreshing yeah. joy. I mean, it would be. Yeah. So we lose some of that. It's hard to we really do. get. We do. Get into those shoes. Yeah. Or sandals. Yeah. Whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. You good? Is that it? That's all. Okay. Great. Hey, well, listen, thanks for joining us. Uh, if this podcast or any of the sermons raise questions for you, please email them in to podcast at cbcmj.com. We love hashing through the sermon a second time. It gives Randy an extra 15 minutes when we cut them off on mm, Sunday. Wow. And uh, it's fun to see our friends yeah, on Sunday. It was. It was good. The Hennigs and the Smiths. That was, that was a neat day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always fun to be together. So, all right. Uh, but yeah, you can email them into podcast at cbcmj.com if I didn't say that already. And catch you guys on Sunday. Okay, see ya. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.